Good morning. It is Monday, November 22nd, 2021, and this is DC Signal to Noise. Since Okay, since we last checked in, the markets have been all over the place. Wheat and soybeans have continued their recovery from the early November lows. The meal market is leading the price strength in the soy complex because of a shortage of lysine and some other issues in that meal market. Corn has been mostly steady. The gains in the overnight trade basically got back what was lost on Friday. And the holiday season is here. Family gatherings have already started for me and for Jim. And this week will be a huge test for the airlines as they seem to continue to try to figure out what their new normal will be. And the president did sign the infrastructure bill and the House passed the Build Back Better plan. I'm AgriTalk host Chip Flory, and that right there is pro-farmer policy analyst Jim Weismeyer. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, and a thank you for all the people at the Missouri Governor's Ag Summit who came up to me and said uh, they listen and like Signal to Noise and AgriTalk, so I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. I was at uh, the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention for a couple of days last week and we heard some signal to noise shout outs down there too good, so good. yeah hello good morning everybody and uh glad uh glad that you guys are listening and and uh it 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 makes us feel good about this program and the topics that we talk about because it is so important and it is it it, it can be a complicated subject of what's going on in D.C. You know, and the, the thing we all learned, Chip, many year, decades ago from Merrill Oster, who founded Pro Farmer, is yeah. try at all costs to be upbeat when you can. And yeah. that message came through in a number of private conversations I had with farmers that they like our approach of trying to find out some positives because yeah. uh, more than a few were down. And so any, and there's always optimism if you want to find it right right you know i i i would normally say i guess that's my cue to talk about uh, the cyclone football team uh, we <laughs> dropped second in a row this one to oklahoma and norman uh but talk on it it just ew, it was supposed to be that season and it's not and cyclone. washington's football team won two in a row yeah yeah finally absolutely. have a quarterback <laughs> <laughs> all right Let's get to it and some of the sure. uh, some of the issues and let's start with what we with what you said was going to happen a week ago today and President Biden did sign the infrastructure bill. There's uh, uh, mostly positive, but there is some mixed reaction to the infrastructure bill in farm country, Jim. The, what what are the, you know, on the negatives? Because overall, the ag sector needed the, I would say, investment in mm -hmm. our great waterway systems yep. and the, the speeding up of the approval process that really began under, under the Trump administration is going to continue here. Now, that doesn't mean these projects are shovel ready, but, uh, you know, maybe they're worried about too much money and things yep. like that. But That's overall, one. I think it's the investment in the sector, Chip. Yeah, that's one. And then uh, because uh, th there's going to be projects in there that are are going to be very, very, you know, uh, spe very specific to a lawmaker. Let's put it that way. Yes. And there's some concern that maybe that money is being spent in 
ways that it shouldn't be spent. And the oversight, uh, the oversight of, of, of spending and investing more than a trillion dollars over the next five or 10 years. Yeah. That's something that's really got them concerned and, and uh, going to be watching that very closely. Well, that should be because a lot of, uh, uh, you know, choices are going to be left to the states, but you know, just the state people can, can make mistakes as, as well. So yeah, yeah. I think ho- overall, I hope, the Ways and Means and Finance Committee in the Senate uh, does some overview a year or so from now because the money should be tracked. Right. Absolutely. Uh, for the most part, though, it's a positive. And I don't think there's any question about that. And, and it's an investment that is long overdue in many ways, uh, especially for some of the roads and bridges in this country and uh, the, the lock and dam system. It's going to be beautiful when that baby gets back up, gets up and running to its full potential, Jim. Absolutely, and some negatives could be some of the down payment funding for the, you know, you know, for you know, for the green programs, the right. green new deal. That I've heard some negatives on that. But you know, if we would have invested, Chip, to 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 make this a learning experience, if we would have invested in our fertilizer industry decades yeah. ago, as opposed to regulating it to death and sending it overseas, yeah, we wouldn't be in the dilemma we are right now on the fertilizer right. front. And that's what I told a number of people in Missouri, let alone we have those huge tariffs. What, 47% import tariffs on on, yeah. on fertilizer? That was a question that Tyne Morgan uh, raised uh, 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 at, the, at the conference. And a member from the audience got up and mentioned, well, what about these import tariffs? And that wasn't able to be answered. They're still yeah. there, Chip. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They are still there. And that's one of the reasons that, boys, uh, National Corn Growers Association CEO John Doggett is dogging the fertilizer industry in a big way. But, you know, I I told in a nice way, I told the producers, you know, in a number of ways, we should have seen this going to happen, Chip, because once we saw the cog in the lo- entire logistics system, that should have included the inputs, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that with the you know, strike with uh, John Deere. Yep. Uh, but but especially in anything you import, it's what's going to have a price implication and a logistics as far as delivery. So uh, and I, I know, uh, you know, Davis Michelson had been pointing that out in his letter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. OK. Uh, anything else from the infrastructure bill? We've talked about it for so long. I feel like we knew what it was before it happened. We know now they just have to execute. Yeah. And, and so let the money, let the money get out there in an efficient time frame. have the states uh, work it out and let's see if it works because okay. it's investments uh, well needed and just we're, we're going to give them time. Okay. Very good. Uh, the house has passed the build back better plan. It's now off to the Senate. Uh, what's the timeline? What's in the, the triple B that uh, that the ag community needs to know about. Well, I want to stress again what's not in it. It's okay. no changes to stepped-up basis, uh, no changes to the current estate tax exemptions, and no increases in capital gains. And it looks like that will continue 
in the Senate bill, but what's ever, but the House bill includes some gimmies, some unusual gimmies relative to the state and local taxes, the salt tax chip. And for a, for a political party who wants to emphasize the smaller to, to a medium-sized uh, economic person, uh, that's not the right signal to give. I think that's going to be modified in the Senate. I'll make it very easy on the BBB in the House, uh, Chip. It's going to be substantially changed in the Senate in order to try to woo the one person who has to say yes and that Senator, centrist Senator Joe Manchin. So we've got a lot of changes that we're going to have to go through. Uh, but but there's twenty seven billion dollars for conservation uh, spending right. in the uh, uh, in the House approach, and that's a clear signal. If this if this goes through the Senate, which I'm still you know questionable about, uh, right. that tells you the direct signal that at least this administration and Congress wants to emphasize conservation program spending, not fr from a traditional standpoint, but in addition, how they're going to morph that into their uh, 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 into the climate climate change policies. Right. Okay. So $82 billion in egg spending in the triple B. Uh, as you said, $27 billion in new conservation funding. Um, and a lot in forestry. A lot in forestry. And a lot. In, yeah, I can get, I'll get, well, it's $14 billion to reduce hazardous fuels in the national forest system lands. They're actually going to manage that that ground, Jim. They're, yeah. they're actually going to manage it. We've the learned first time in decades. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, so. you know, again, President Trump it was spot on in his criticism that it was the management of our yeah. forest policy. And he he was correct there. Yeah. And, you know, just so you know, I, th that's one that I've been complaining about for long before Trump, uh, <laughs> that uh, we needed to do something to manage that ground. Nine point seven billion for assistance to rural electrical cooperatives. 3.75 billion for competitive grants to promote conservation and tree planting by state, local, and government nonprofit organizations. 2.88 billion for rural electrification loans. 1.02 billion to pay off all or part of FSA loans to economically distressed farmers and ranchers. But that's an understatement, Chip. When you see all the money that they've already approved, but not yet, uh, you know, distributed mainly. That was that controversial program for for uh, indigenous, uh, you know, people. Yeah. You know, that got stuck in court because it was discriminatory. Uh, they could have up to eleven billion dollars, Chip. Eleven billion. They're not saying it like that, but trust me. You know, that's the final yeah. tab. That and it's such sums as necessary too. So you can open right. the vaults right. on that one. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the blank check line yes. that comes up in these spending bills. Yes. Um, the conservation spending, it includes $5 billion for a five-year program that would give farmers $25 per acre to plant cover crops. Uh, that's enough. 25 bucks that I, you know, because your total costs are going to be in that 40 to $50 range, I would guess. Yes. So, I mean, it's, it's probably covering half of the yeah. cost of the cover crop. So I think that's enough to get more people interested, Jim. Absolutely. And, you know, back in the old acreage reduction control days, Chip, a good investment in the stock market was uh, seed 
companies that yeah. produced cover crop seeds, yeah. you know. So I think if this is going to go, that's another area. But again, it it's the focus that it says Congress and Washington wants to put on, and that's uh, from a conserving end and also idling some acres. Right. Okay. Um, Jim, it also says it would provide several billion dollars through the Commodity Credit Corporation for environmental quality and stewardship uh, incentives. That's the such sums as necessary line. What what are they going to do to to fund the CCC with this? Well, that's the that that's the existing authority. Now in the okay. in the supplemental bill, not supplemental, in the continuing you know, resolution here, they're going to pump up the funding, the, the maximum borrowing authority, you know, for the Commodity Credit Corporation. It now stands at 30, you know, billion dollars. I think they're going to up that to a level un, un, unknown at this particular time. You know, Farm Bureau wanted what, almost, I think, 60, you know, billion. And Vilsack, USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack has previously said he will not uh, let that uh, negatively impact the operation of traditional farm programs. But here's the key. Remember when Vilsack says he wanted to treat this uh, climate change as a commodity program? That gives mm -hmm. him the legal cover to tap the CCC. And, and so mm -hmm. we're seeing that in print right now. They're setting it up. They're setting it up. Okay. Anything else in the triple B that we need to be aware of going forward? And and it's like you said, the most important things are the things that aren't in there probably. Yes. Yeah. Uh in the Build Back Better? Yeah. Uh well, you know, the the key on the Build Back Better will be is is it is it going to be changed enough to get Manchin to say right. yes? And the vast majority of the polls in West Virginia say they don't they're not in favor of it. Right. Two, uh, or will he be consistent in his prior opinion to say postpone it? You know, wait until there's more time to see the impact on inflation and the U.S. economy. And, and what I just said, he wants to punt it to sometime in 2022. Now, that's not going to yeah. please either camp, which is probably the best approach he should take as a, yeah. uh, to be consistent. If he goes along, Chip, and, and votes yes, Manchin will not be believed again when he disagrees right. with the legislative proposals. So that's what's on the line. Tell me what Manchin's going to do. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Um, as a reminder, you can participate in Signal to Noise. All you have to do is Click on the comments tab on the right side of your screen. That should bring up a dialogue box for you at the bottom of the page. And we have one. Your, yeah. And we've got a comment in from Carl, a question. Is the $1.5 trillion in hard infrastructure bill new spending or is a bunch of that what we would call baseline in farm bill language? Yeah, it's, uh, it, let's say $550 billion is new, what new. you would call new. The rest is the baseline already approved. So uh, so it's, you know, $550 billion, which is nothing to sneeze at huh. on this one. This is still aggregately uh, more money than what we had to build the interstate highway system. So it's a lot of money. If, if used wisely, yeah. the interstate high, highway system was used wisely after a lot of fights, you know, yeah. but so yeah, 550 is what you, what we would call new money. Right. Right. Okay. Um, good question. Good question. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which brings us 
to something that we're going to be talking about, and that is um, debt ceiling and and so on. It 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 does add to the nation's debt. But- uh, yeah, on this one, on the transportation, if I remember, five hundred and twenty-six billion dollars. Right. No, two hundred and fifty-six billion. Two, I'm sorry, two hundred and fifty-six billion dollars is added to the debt. Now, and that's an estimate, so it's probably going to be over three hundred. You right. know. Uh, and the uh, the BBB, whatever they say, if it, it, it's not fully paid for, it is just no. simply not. And and they're gonna they're ending their playing budget games on stopping programs and knowing full well that once involved, once ongoing, they'll continue to be approved. So you're really looking at about a four trillion dollar, you know, build back better uh, uh, bills, and that would would increase the debt. And yep. so uh, relative to the debt limit, Chip, we, it's been interesting over the last few days, both uh, Schumer, uh, the Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer, Democrat from New York, and the Minority Leader, you know, Mitch McConnell, Republican from Kentucky, are talking to each other and they're not yelling at each other and they're not going in front of the press and putting on a position. That tells me a compromise is brewing. I don't know what it is. But that should should settle markets a little. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, let's turn our attention over to the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA. Um, Jim, couple of, <laughs> a couple of uh, happenings, announcements last week from EPA. Let's start with, the, uh, with, with EPA wanting to extend the compliance deadline on the blending, on proving your that that you're meeting your blending requirements, this uh, it's another source of frustration for the ethanol industry. Well, you know, I told one farmer at the Missouri meeting privately, I said, you know, it's like when you're at a bar, Chip, and you get uh, chips and salsa, and yeah. you you ask for more salsa, and then uh, you like it so much, you get another beer, and then you run out of chips, and then you ask for more chips, and, yeah. you know, th- it goes back and forth. This is what the, the RFS is being operated on. Yeah. By not announcing the RFS uh, you know, mandates, in an efficient time frame, they get into these complexities relative to fulfilling the REN requirements. And so that's why they're just having, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. Uh, yeah. So they, they 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 add to their own, by they, I mean EPA, adds to their own problems. Everyone should read the op-ed in today's Wall Street Journal by farmer EPA administrator, uh, Andrew Wheeler. It's classic, Chip. It's spot on. He's questioning why is it taking EPA so long to make these decisions? And he says why they they should have been made months ago. And it's very revealing. So I, I would behoove anyone to call that up. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, the other one was the... Uh... On, on WOTUS, on the waters of the U.S., they turned back the rules to pre-Obama, right? Yeah, pre-2015. Okay. For now. Now, they're they're working on the regulations, so that's going to be in place until they, they, they're they through with all their regional meetings. I think they announced some additional, you know, regional meetings. So, but this is going to be the, the how they're going to operate it prior to them coming out with the proposed uh, change that that EPA says it, it won't be 
uh, as uh, carefree as the Trump WOTUS rule. And it's going to be different from the rather aggressive approach that the Obama WOTUS rule was. Uh, Again, in my speeches, Chip, I say as a Catholic, it looks like they're going for purgatory. (laughs) <laughs> not not the heaven of the Trump WOTUS, not right. the hell of the Obama, but purgatory. But somewhere in between. <laughs> yep. Again, uh, another administration trying to make everybody happy. That's the, yeah, absolutely. And you usually don't make yeah, anybody happy on happy. that. And no. you end up kicking the can down the road. And it, this is what it feels like is going to be happening. It's one of the. One of the reasons that I'm surprised that that President Biden went ahead and followed through and signed that the the infrastructure bill as quickly as he did, I I thought it would have been more leverage than than anything for a while. Yeah. Well, he's going to make a, a speech tomorrow in which you, you, you they know inflation's big news now in logistics, and he's going to focus on that. Uh, right. And we we should also get some time today an announcement of his decision on the Fed yep. you know, chairpersonship. Right. Okay. Let's uh, let's start talking about what what to expect in the week ahead. House and Senate are both on recess for Thanksgiving this week. Uh, we've talked about the Build Back Better plan and and what the what the process is there, uh, but we've got the Fed minutes coming out on Wednesday, and leading up to that, we've got some economic data, some very important economic data. We're going to get the Fed's core measurement of inflation, that's and that's the key. Come, that's a key. Yeah, it's yeah. expected to come in above four percent. And is it today or tomorrow that we are going to get the announcement on the Fed chair, Jim? It'll be today. The White House people told me today, so let's see if they're speaking the truth. And I think that makes sense going into a speech tomorrow on the U.S. economy, inflation, logistics. So that does that does make sense. So we, I would say, we're going to get it today. But I want to talk on the Fed. But I want to go back to the lawmakers, or should mostly, other than their European trips, uh, they should be back home if they're hearing. What I think most of us hear, whether in a farm state or an industrial state, they're going to hear a lot of concern uh, amongst the voters on a on a, a, a potpourri of issues. You know, yeah. what are you doing? Do you have you ever been into the supermarket lately? Have you bought? Have you tried to buy equipment? Have you tried to buy a car? They're going to go down the list, and that's going to it's going to be a different tone, Chip, when yeah. they come back. In my judgment. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, Jim, and and uh, a dose of reality, I guess, is what what many of them need when it comes to uh, what is going on out in in the real world outside of outside of uh, the Beltway. There, uh, we, we do have a question, Jeff. Oh, okay. Uh, this one's in from Kirby. <laughs> And don't forget, this is a message from Carl. He says, uh, remember, purgatory has the same conditions as hell. Don't forget that, Jim. Uh, From Kirby. That's my best chance, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Aside from the $25 per acre cover crop program, are there any signals in either infrastructure or triple B forecasting future carbon credit, carbon market that will impact agriculture? As far as specifics, no. no. And see, that's what we always say. At least I say it in my speeches: be careful, be very careful what you sign, 
because yeah. you have to know how are they measuring carbon and how are they going to price it. And those are yeah. two key unknowns. And so, you know, let the answers come forth, but we're not there yet, Chip. But I do think that this signals that they want to look at production practices. And there's the yep. thing that I tell farmers. There are a number of good comp private companies, which I hope they stay with, who and co-ops, if you will, that will help farmers uh, deal with certain production practices, practices that has to be defined in legislation that will go towards a carbon credit approved payment. So right. I think this bill does forecast the movement in the in the conservation and production practices area relative to climate change. Right. Now, last week I was at the National Association Farm Broadcasting Convention down in Kansas City, and they do this thing called trade talk. It's broadcasters opportunity to talk with uh, company reps learn what is at the, the the top of their priority list of the primary messages that they want to get out to consumers of information. Huh. Okay, and it's always really interesting because it, it in many ways when you look at the at at the talking points that they want to talk about in, in that conversation, it gives you a little bit of an insight into some of the issues that are driving their overall decision-making and, the, and their, their long-term planning. Jim, sustainability, sustainability, it was all over the place. Didn't matter if we were talking to Merck Animal Health yeah. or Land O'Lakes uh, Animal Health, or if we were talking to Nutrien or Mosaic, uh, corn growers, pig producers. By the way, I had a great conversation with Nick Giordano from the National Pork Producers Council, Jim outstanding it's going to be i think it'll probably be it'll be on either thursday or friday feisty nick he's always feisty oh, it was fantastic conversation yeah, he's a good nick. guy yeah uh, and uh so but what you just said uh, production practices go in that vanguard there. oh absolutely yeah. absolutely and then you, there, there were at least two new carbon market makers that were at the convention that are trying to get their message out that, hey, we're here. I asked one of them, doesn't it feel like the court is starting to get filled up with too many players and it's getting a little crowded? And her answer was no, no, no way. I agree. And so I had to ask, why is there enough demand for the carbon credits? Is that what you're telling us? And she said, absolutely. There is no question that right now we've got way more buyers than we do sellers of the carbon credits. Competition is always usually good, Chip. Yeah. You know, and I saw it when I was down in Missouri. They announced earlier in the week a new, new state-of-the-art meat processing plant going in in Warren County. I'm only going memory yep. here. It's near St. Louis. Uh, yep. By the time it's fully operational in 2024, 1,300 new employees so that's jobs and yep. 2400 ahead daily capacity now i heard a lot of that could be the dairy cows coming up from the uh, southeast uh but right. bottom line i don't care what if that's good anytime and and it's a it's afg so it's a relatively well-funded company yes. coming in in there and that's that yeah, american a, food groups american food group and that's yep. a good sign so and i know that the state of missouri including the governor helped uh get some incentives but that's that's the good part of business working with 
government, and it just gives a, a improved basis. Uh, the the I don't know whether they're going to feed more in the state of Missouri. I, I had mixed opinions about that, but you have affiliated industries around a, a meat packer chip, right? Yeah. Oh you know? yeah. And it's just like a new ballpark. They built the Washington Nationals ballpark, and usually it was a drug, uh, the drug area of yeah. D.C. And you yeah. just go to Nationals Park now and see the hotels, the restaurants. Yeah. So, so development does help. So I applaud the state of Missouri for doing, you know, what they're doing in in that. But it all yeah. goes into that line competition. The more we have competing. For in a potential eventual eventual carbon markets, I think the better it is, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Greg Henderson at Drovers has got it covered at uh, at the site at the Drovers website. So good, check it out there. But American Foods Group, it's a family owned and U.S. fifth largest packer, will build a state of the art beef facility in Warren County, Missouri. Four hundred and fifty million dollar investment, Jim. Yes, I applaud. That's and see, that's an uplifting thing. If yep. if it's well healed, and apparently they are, so they can absorb a a hit uh, when the mar when the hit on margins come, and it will, and it will. But but that is an upbeat item, and I think it's you know one that should be brought out. Okay, we're getting close on time here, Jim. Uh, what what else are you watching closely for the week ahead? Well, you know, I want to look into this wheat market. It's, it's on fire. I can't remember the time where we had consistently said the wheat's leading the way, Jeff. And right. I'm going to be going to Fargo a couple times over the next month or so. And I learned a long time ago when I go to Fargo and they don't complain about wheat prices, you're in the biggest bull market of your lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm expecting that when I get there. Yeah, in the overnight trade, well, actually, we just got started here with the day session. We've got spring wheat futures up 15 to 18 cents. We've got hard red winter wheat futures up, call it uh, 18 to 22 cents, and SRW futures are up 15 to 16 cents, Jim. So it's off and running time again in yeah. that wheat market. It, yeah, it's an unusual one. There, there is impressive. a big one. Um, we got to watch out how much we're spending uh, on that Thanksgiving meal. It's going to be the most expensive in the history of Thanksgiving meals. Up 14%, I think, Farm Bureau numbers. Right. Get Like uh, Gary said here in the comments, it's a good thing that we saved that 16 cents on the 4th of July barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> so we but, can... you know, I bought an 18-pound turkey for $7, so yeah. I don't know. You know, it wasn't uh, uh, fresh like I usually do, but I took a bird a bird in the hand, so to speak, and yeah. for thirty five, I don't know what it worked out to be thirty five cents. That wasn't too bad. I mean, I can chaw right. through that turkey. You bet, you bet. I've already and then had, uh, and I've already had my first turkey of the season. I'm having it tomorrow. But uh, yeah. two two other reports, Chip, this week. The ag trip. Okay. We're going to get an update on U.S. agricultural trade, so we're going to have to look at the numbers there. And food price update from USDA will be coming up. But we already got the signal there. Prices are going higher. Prices are going higher. Jim, happy Thanksgiving, brother. Same thing. Same thing. Right. And thank you again to all your 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 listeners and viewers who hear us, either one. Yeah. And and I always ask the question if there's something you want us to talk about or a particular lawmaker you want on either Signal to Noise or AgriTalk, let us know. And we always appreciate the feedback. Absolutely. Host at agritalk.com will get that message to me. 
and I will make sure that Jim gets it, everybody. So thank you so much for supporting Signal to Noise. We appreciate that. Have a very happy Thanksgiving, and keep watching for those signals. Thank you.